We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf podcast. Myself, Mark Crossword, Lou Stagner and Greg Chalmers. We're going to talk about strike. Strike is king today. Uh, Lou has done some very interesting data that he posted on Twitter, which we'll talk about explaining the importance of strike. I think we all understand how important strike is, but if we don't, this pod's really going to have your back covered. Lou and Greg, welcome. Uh, the strike pod edition we're talking today. How are you both doing? You're both good? Doing wonderful here, mate. There's a really interesting uh, tweet that Lou sent out I saw earlier that we're going to chat about here today. Um, interested to chat about because I know when I see play with amateurs, it gets it's interesting to watch them choose clubs and how they go about striking the ball. So it could be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And Lou, before we do ask you about the um, tweet, which is always an interesting data field one, um, just for anybody listening, or if you're new to the pod, I uh, just want to say, if you do enjoy the pod, maybe give it a like, give it some stars subject to where you're listening to uh, the pod on what the platform. And remember you can subscribe as well. If you don't want to miss the next great pod, Hit the subscribe button, you'll get a notification every time we upload, which is pretty frequently. Um, Lou, talk to us about Strike. I mean, Strike is King is something I've tried to pound into my audience from the beginning of my content days. What have you gone and done on Twitter? Uh, first, I'm confused. I thought this was going to be Tiger's greatest hits. Yeah. Oh, my God. Today. <laughs> We're not talking Tiger today? No. So for anyone oh, new okay. to the pod, Lou basically has a very unhealthy uh, addiction to Tiger Woods. Um, so I do just apologize for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mark is already sick, Lou. We don't need to increase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any illness. sick is coming up now after that yeah. little interlude. Um, so strike, Lou, what have you got for us? Yeah, strike is key. We, you know, we've talked about that before. And so one of the things I, I wanted to understand um, with relation to strike is I wanted to see how much distance amateurs are covering uh, with each of their approach shots. And so I dove into the Arcos database, which has creeping up near 600 million shots now. Um, and I looked at different skill levels. So I looked at scratch, 5, 10, 15, 20 handicap players. And I looked at how they performed from a few different yardages, from 75 to 200 yards. 
And what I wanted to answer was, what percent of the time did they cover at least 90% of the distance to the hole? So let me give you an example of what that means. So let's say someone is 100 yards to the hole. In order for that shot to be, quote unquote, a success, the shot would have to travel at least 90 yards. So at least 90% of the distance to the hole. And I put some data out there around this, and and we can talk through some of the details here as we go, but it was striking, no pun intended, to see the difference between a scratch player and like a 15 or a 20 handicap player and, and how much more how much uh, they are covering 90% or more of the distance to the hole, a much higher frequency uh, percent of the time. So it was uh it was it was pretty striking to see. So what what stood out to you? Mark? Yeah, I mean it's the drop off. Let's put some context to the numbers of people who can't see these. And if you want to see yeah. these numbers, Lou, what's your Twitter handle? People should go and look yeah, at your tweet, you, can they? Yeah, They'll yeah. find it. Maybe maybe you mm-hmm. could. Uh, you know when this pod will go out. When it does go out, if you can remember, pin it to the top of your feed. Maybe. For yeah, about a week you, you know, out. well, I'll put a I'll put a link in the show notes. Perfect. So I'll put a link right down in the show notes, and you can find it from the show notes there. So scratch players from seventy five to one hundred and seventy five yards, they're right around eighty five percent. Let's say so eighty five percent of the time, they're covering at least ninety percent of the distance to the hole. Let's compare that to a ten index player. They're around 72 to 75% of the time, roughly, out to about 150. And then when we get to 175, that really starts to plummet. It drops to 63. And then when we go out farther than that, it drops even more. The the delta gets a lot bigger uh, between the lower handicap players and the higher handicap players the farther we get from the hole. Uh, And if we drop all the way down to 20 handicap players – from 75 to 150 yards, they range anywhere from 59 to 66%. Uh, and then that drops off pretty significantly when we get farther from the hole. Yeah. So for me personally, when I looked at the data, I think hey, it's presented brilliantly. You can really see the drop off from that 200 yards as the handicaps go up. I think lots of people would expect that. You know, if you were to ask lots of the audience to draw the graph that I'm looking at or the chart, they would get close to drawing that. I do think if I was a 15 handicapper from 100 yards, even 125 yards being 17%, so 15 handicapper from 125 is 70%, a scratch handicapper 87%, 17% worse off than a scratch handicapper as a 15 handicapper. And I reckon this will resonate with you, Greg. Well, I was a 15 handicapper when I was whatever age, 13. There was, I wasn't, I was as good as anyone I knew at that from those yardages within reason when I was strong enough at whatever age, like the handicap, I wouldn't want to be giving no shots away. I would see that as super low hanging fruit for myself as an improving young player. Is that, does that make sense what I'm saying there, Greg? Yeah. The 200 yard one I get at 13 or 14, Mm. I'm struggling. I'm in a free wood and running it in between stuff, but 125 yards, 100 yards, Come on, scratch any cameras, I'll take you on. I'm a kid, but I'm good for my wedge. Yeah, and I think, too, you're probably talking about you're a 15 handicapper who was on a journey down towards scratch pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, and a lot of 15 handicappers who are perennially 15, um, they could certainly pick up something, at, at least learning about how to strike the ball better. Uh, it's pretty interesting numbers. Like, I'm fascinated by some of these. Uh, just 
that as you get down the back end further away, it's amazing. Even just like from 75 yards, if you're off 20 and only 66% of the time, you end up at 75 yards that you don't get it to the hole. Yeah. Um, is is quite incredible to me, but it's just such a, um, not simple. I'll give you, I'm not going to over make it easy, but it's certainly something that you could address um, whether it's through better club selection, but in this case, it'd be striking the ball better. Yeah. Lou, if you were a 15 handicapper and you saw these numbers, um, where are you focused? Are you going to think I'm going to throw my energy at a 200 yard spout? Like, so obviously the answer is to practice all of it and try and improve all of it. But people work, they have kids, they have families. So we, we haven't got time to do that. You can only choose one answer here just for this discussion. You're the 15 handicapper, Lou. You look at a lot of the data. Which number out of those, the 75, the 100, the 125, the 50, the 175, the 200, are you going to real nail down and try and beat? Or you could have a second answer. I'll give you two ways of answering it. You can answer 175 to 125 or 150 to 200. If you're that 15 handicapper, which singular 75, 100, 125, 150, 175, 125 of these brackets of approach shots that Lou's broken this data down into. Which one of them are you hammering? Or if that's too hard, you can have three, but you can only get a top three or the bottom three. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, so I'm going to answer this question a, a couple of ways. So we've talked and I put out um, pretty frequently on Twitter that you need to take more club. It, it's, a, it's a drum that I'm always pounding, take more club. Well. There's two sides to that coin. Um, one of the reasons that amateurs need to take more club typically is because they don't hit the ball solid all the time. So it's not necessarily that they need more club. Um, they would that wouldn't be as big of a problem if they hit the ball solid more often. Like Greg, as a player, hits the ball on the button a huge percentage of the time, hits the ball really well. A huge percentage of the time, hundred percent, exactly, hundred percent of the time. Sorry, hundred percent. Um, he doesn't need to take more, more club as often as a fifteen handicap player because he hits it so solidly. So you can tackle this problem in one of two ways, and in the easy way that it is simply grabbing a different club. You know, if, if it's a if it's a seven iron, grab a six. Um, if it's an eight iron, grab a seven. Um, and that will be a huge help to you because you're probably not going to hit it well all the time. Um, and so that's one way to tackle it. The other way is improving strike and hitting the ball um, solid more often. And if I were a 15 handicap, I would probably be working in that 150 to 175 range uh, a little bit more often. Um, and I, I think, you know, you as a coach is, will probably have some feedback on this, but I think it's really good practice to, to practice some of your, your middle and longer ish irons for players, uh, for a lot of different reasons. And for a 15 handicap, you know, that 150 to 175 range is going to be middle to long irons for them. So I, I, I think they would 
see a lot of benefit across their game if they focused on on those distances. Yeah, I mean, I would go with that. I personally, if you were to cast the net over the audience, you're going to capture money, as your data just clearly shows. You know, you're going to capture a lot of people from the 150 to 200 yard um, area struggling with that part of their game. And we'll we'll talk about some reasons why that is. I mean, one of the reasons I see people struggling in that part of their game is a 15, a 10, and 20 handicap. A five handicap is a bit, but not as much. People's bags are really weak at that part of the game as well. There's the, I would say they're some of the most unthought-out parts of an expensive golf bag for lots of people. Now, I'm not saying custom fits the answer and you don't practice. Practicing strike is everything. But having the right tools to go away and practice strike in your bag from those distances, the amount of golfers you do gap tests with and you get from basically 160 to about 210 and they have three clubs that do one thing and they've got huge gaps, basically, because clubs just start bunching up near the top end. Um, so certainly aggressively looking at your golf bag in that region would be a, such an easy win for those people before you start trying to... Uh, do the harder bit which is make strike king um which is obviously the bigger ask greg i know for the tour pros that i've spoken to um if they're striking it bad like they're panicking it, it's something that really resonates yeah. with good players if they're in it left and right it's annoying but they figure it out they have a coach as a tip as an idea but if they're striking it bad it's like all hands on deck stuff is that fair yeah absolutely it's one of those areas that we we almost it has to happen yeah. more often than not. You have to strike it solid because you're going to hit it offline. And if you look at most, like a lot of the golf courses and even in particularly in the United States, there's a lot of forced carries, um, a lot of things over water and bunkers that you need to be able to know that you're going to strike it solid and, and carry it a certain distance. Um, and, and, you know, at a really high level, and you look for um, how often are they pin high. Um, when I play with amateurs, to be honest, guys, I see people – I need to sh them to shelve their ego just a little bit and not want to tell the story about how low their score was, not that one time they hit a 7-9, 190 yards. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think you've got to shelve that ego just here and, and just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm out here to shoot a low score and, and start to think the flag, to where the flag is but then beyond that. Like can I hit it between the flag and the back of the green, assuming we don't have 100 yards to play with? You know, it's not a front pin and the pin's on four, and the green's 40 deep or 50 deep. But I, I do a game where I'm playing practice rounds to try and hit it between the flag and the back edge because I, I like to, you know, work on seeing more of the golf course and, and, and usually find out where the trouble is that way. But there, there's some options there for people to start to, um, you know, add a little yardage, shelve their ego a little bit. If you're talking to Lou's point about cl club choices, um, don't go off that one time you hit an awesome, you know, distance with a club. Go off the, the general majority. Um, which might be not quite as far as you believe. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a true statement in itself there as well, isn't it, Lou? People don't basically hit the ball quite as far as they do believe because they are often working on that top 10% of shots rather than maybe more of where their averages end up. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I, I put this out there a few times. 99.98% uh, of golfers don't hit the ball as far as they think they do. Who's in and, that other uh, percent? Say, Am I in that percent, 
that no, little, you're not. Like, Greg, is the on, Greg is the oh, only. Oh, it's always person. Greg with you, isn't yeah, it? It's always Greg. Greg, Me this, Greg, that. <laughs> <laughs> do something wrong, Greg. Come on. <laughs> I got. It. Uh, I do plenty wrong. Don't worry about that. All right, so you're putting me in that pack, in that percent, are you, Lou? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I, I think most players are not hitting the ball. I did longer. Far. I'm I'm yeah. modest about my distances, my massive <laughs> yeah. distance. You're just worried because you hit it my... nowhere and you want to hit it further. Did you just say I'm modest about my massive distances <laughs> 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 on purpose? I said yes. it like that. Yes, <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I think the other the other thing, guys. To, it's like I played around yesterday. It's winter at the moment for most in the northern hemisphere, it seems. And uh, I played around yesterday, and I was talking to an amateur uh, that I was buddy I was playing with, just how to adjust for when it's this that cold because it was only thirty five degrees. It was pretty cold, and uh, he hadn't thought of that yeah. that the ball doesn't go as far because it's cold, which which amazed me that it was just common sense. But it, it's also something I think a lot of amateurs don't, you know, when it's really hot and you move better, you move faster and the ball goes better because it's hot, Yeah, um, you're going to be on the top end of your numbers and vice versa when it's cold. So you just keep that in mind when you're out playing this winter. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've done, tests. I've done tests on testing drivers cold to warm. Like I do so much club testing. I can't remember exactly what it was. I've done a video on it now. It was like six mile an hour difference. I was from hitting mm. drivers medium cold to then being on my, like, 50th whack of a driver. Um, and I would say from front nine to back nine, unwarm, we're going to see two to four mile an hour differences in my driver club head speed. And, you know, that would equate through to irons as well. Um, I, mean, I think one of the main things for this pod, which hopefully people will get from it, is the importance of strike. Because how many golfers are realising the importance of strike? From my experience of working with many everyday golfers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, so I want to add in. On Sorry, this. Lou was my waving at me tweet. there. I thought, I yeah. thought, I thought my, yeah. I thought my skirt had come up or something. But what's no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I want to give more context on this. So my tweet only talked about amateur data, and so let let's go to the longer yardages. I want to give tour pro data. Okay, and and it's gonna it's gonna blow your eyelids back with how different they are compared to mere mortals. It's not going to blow so, his hair back. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not do that. It's not going to blow <laughs> any of Greg back though. Cause he's perfect. Remember Lou, he doesn't do <laughs> anything <laughs> wrong. He's perfect. He's 98.8% right, so in everything. <laughs> let's, let's go to the, let's go to the 200 yard marker, which is let's do 175. We'll, we'll do 175 because you know, there's some amateurs, 20 handicappers where 200 yards is, you know, is essentially a driver for them. So that, that, that that's not necessarily fair. So let's do 175 yards. Right. From 175 yards, a 20 handicap, they will cover at least 90% of the distance to the hole 47% of the time. Yep. So 20 handicap, 47%. A 10 handicap is 63. A scratch is 84 
tour players are 96%. Yeah. Right. It is a massive difference between, you know, tour players and amateur players. Yeah. Um, so that, that just drives home that they're hitting it on the button. There was a guy that um, I used to see at the place that I practiced at. This is 25 years ago. And he was one of the best amateurs in our area in New York state. And I remember talking to him one time, you know, it's a, in the, this indoor practice facility, which would be open, you know, in the winter time. And I'd spend a lot of time there and I, and I, he was next to me and I asked him a few questions, got to know him a bit. And he said, I don't really care so much about where the ball is going. I just want to hit it on the button as much as possible. I'll figure out the rest. I just want to hit it really solidly on the button. I'll figure East and West out. Yeah. Um, and tour players are certainly doing that. They're hitting it on the button a lot. Yeah. If strike goes, like I said, if strike goes for tour pros, there's like, they're panicking. That needs fixing before anything else happens. And the thing is, is good players generally have struck it well from the beginning. You know, you, you get a kid. I used to teach plenty of groups of kids and the kids who were just naturally quite good at sports. They might not they'd struggle with a bit left and right, and they might top the odd one. But generally, when they hit it, like they were, they were nailing it. You know, they could just do it. Um, just so we're clear, there, Lou stopped me on my amazing speech there, just to tell us that tour pros are good. <laughs> yeah, like really, it's, it's very insightful. <laughs> hang on, I bring lose, a lot lose of break. To yeah, it. hang on, <laughs> tour pros are better than us. What? Yeah. <laughs> We have just the tour pro category and then a little subcategory for Greg and Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, they're 96 and Greg and Tiger are 99. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> number exactly. two, Greg exactly. in golf. <laughs> the big number. When I bring this kind of insight to the table, we are just going to be racking up new subscribers. Yeah, I mean, they are, exactly. They're falling over themselves There's right now. There's literally thousands of people on their phones yeah. now texting, going, Tour yeah. pros, have you heard this, John? <laughs> Tour pros are better than us. <laughs> they're like yeah. texting all their mates now. Couldn't believe what I heard. Um, so let's talk about the everyday golfer, obviously, where strike is something that's just going to frustrate them. You know, we talk about tour pros being good and they're on the button each time. That's all great. But again, I think that just adds to the frustration because it's something that amateurs, you know, will generally struggle with. My experience of teaching lots of everyday golfers is when you ask them how often they practice strike, they look at you like you've asked them if they would like an elephant's ear and a bun. Like they look at you like, what mm. do you want? Well, I'm working on my back. <laughs> An elephant's ear in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one before. All right, add it to the list. <laughs> yeah. And they'll say, like, well, I've worked on my hip rotation. And I think, well, what did that do to your strike? They so often what golfers are working on in their swing. And I would say it's a failing of, of golf coaching over the years, which is slowly starting to redeem itself because obviously it now understands and has done for a while how important strike is. Um, often what they're working on doesn't relate to strike at all. Uh, Lou, with your everyday mates, is that something you would say? I mean, they probably lots of them have worked on getting on plane. I hate that word, but I've, I've used it or, you know, not, their overswing or straightening the left arm or their posture. Um, how many of you of them come to you going, Oh, I've spent the last four months working on trying to hit it better. 
Yeah, like, everyone's keeping their head down. Yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's a good, that's an important one right there. But it's true, isn't yeah, it? They don't. They're, they're positionally happy, aren't they? But strike is never. It's just not in there quite often. No, no, it, it, and we've talked about this in the past. Um, a lot of my amateur golf friends through the years have been very position focused yeah. um, in trying to just change a position and hit a different position. And are, are there times where, you know, that is appropriate? Probably, but um, there's there's not a priority on strike by any stretch. And I would say that, you know, as a generic statement across all of the amateur golfers that, you know, I've known through the years. Yeah. And Greg, have you I'm, found I'm, that as well? Yeah. Look, and I'll say this, I've just had a month where I haven't touched a club. And I will spend the first week, five days back, will be an awful lot of work on just striking it. And and we've touched in our, you know, you can go back through our previous archives. We did a pod recently about ways to do that. Um, so I don't want to get too deep into that. But I have some drills that I do, and a lot of it's in slow motion or smooth hip-to-hip swings with an 8 or a 9-iron, just concentrating solely on how the club interacts with the ball, where how I hit it, how it interacts with the ground. And, and so there's, I think the first bit is just recognizing you can actually work on some stuff just to improve strike yeah, 100%. Um, and how you contact it. Right. Yeah. And you just got to recognize that it, rather than getting into, you know, the positions in your golf swing and hoping that fixes strike. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so who goes a month without touching a golf club? <laughs> oh, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> How is that even possible? <laughs> You're trying to figure that out, Lou, aren't you? Um, I mean, I personally, am, um, I'm much more along the lines of with people wanting them to really work out um, their strike as the starting point for every one of their practice sessions. Like if you're doing a practice session and you're not starting from strike outwards, so let's say you are work- working on a position, you want to fix your takeaway for whatever reason you think you want to do it. You've got to be working strike into those positions. So work, you know, work on that takeaway position. But what's it doing for strike? Is it improving it? Isn't it moving more towards the heel, more towards the toe, more fats, more fins? What's it doing? If you can't take that kind of information back to the person you're hopefully having lessons with, then you're you're not giving them the information that they require. The amount of golfers I've played with, and I'm talking, we're talking European tour players, women European tour players, good amateurs who hit shots where they blatantly tow it and it curves left and they start looking at their backswing and I'm like, oh, why did that one curve left? And they say, oh, I took it back and just I, I shut the face a bit. You know, I get told I shut the face a bit. I think, uh, you just towed that and that was a fairway wood, so the gear effect's impressive on that. So that's why that one turned. And, and I just think, you know, these are good players and amateurs doing that. You're going around in circles if you think about it. If you're not working strike in, you're going to try and fix something in a movement that's basically not relevant because it was strike that does it. So if you're um, analysing any of your shots, left, right, curvatures, anything, high, low launches, strike is the base that you work out from because unfortunately as Lou's groundbreaking tour pro data there proves strike is king if you could strike it better you're going to move up your handicap ranges straight away aren't you I mean just it'd be quite interesting wouldn't it to um it's almost a video idea Lou you could take a 20 handicapper and make every one of their shots go 90% plus of their intention and see on the same line, so no matter where, what direction they hit it on, but you just move it and making sure it's never less than 90%. be interesting how many shots they reduce, wouldn't it? 
They would reduce quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask. I heard. I heard the phone ring there, Greg. Was that Tiger? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was he calling in? That was to, number one, Tiger? Greg. Saying, "Can you get me?" Uh, <laughs> we haven't spoken in a while. He doesn't have my number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah. But never mind. That's a, that's a right, an interesting question, Mark. Um, I'm guessing it would uh, it would make a massive difference in scoring, um, even. And if you not not said what if a hundred percent of your shots went at least ninety percent of the way there because even tour pros don't do that but if you took a twenty handicap and you just ran a simulation and you made their numbers the same as a a ten handicap or a five handicap yeah how many shots would they save they'd save they'd save a lot um, and and so hitting the ball on the button is extremely extremely important. Yeah, and if you don't hit the ball on the button, having equipment built around maybe trying to help you as much when you don't hit the ball uh, or, or the club and the ball together on the button, you know, long iron replacement, such an easy win for lots of people possibly. Um, fairway woods that they never use because they can't hit them from the ground. That's a common mistake. I see so many amateurs in their bags have a three wood because that's what you do, isn't it? A set of clubs, you get some irons, wedges, putter. Uh, maybe hybrids, a freewood and a driver. And you think, oh, I've played with you four times and you've never hit that fairway wood. No, I hate it. Okay, well, we could put another wedge in. We could put another hybrid in. You're like, why carry it? It's just extra weight. Why, why not try and max the tools out that are in your bag? But that being said, nothing will substitute to, for your improvements um, on strike. They're tiny gains. The big gains are always going to come from you. Um, and if you find you're someone who does struggle with strike and you don't know why you always fat your seven irons or mid irons and you don't know why you always fat those 100 yard in shots or those three quarter shots, go and get a lesson. Just get a one to one lesson. Work with someone who can help you because you'll be amazed the low hanging fruit they'll be able to pick off for you to make those improvements. I know, Lou, you've been having lessons. You've spoke about it in pods. It's just just why guess, isn't it? A little bit, don't you think? Yeah, well, I guess. I have a quiz for you guys. Um, no, again, this is on PJ Tour, Brad. Tour, Brad. Groundbreaking stuff here. Tiger Woods. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Tiger Woods. We said that from 175 yards, Tour Pros, they, they get it there. You know, they cover 90% of the distance, 96% of the time. And that's from the fairway. Yeah. What percent of the time, again, from 175? Uh, what percent of the time do tour pros cover at least 90% of the, dif- of the distance from the rough from 175? So it's 96% from the fairway. Yeah. What percent of the time from the rough? And the listeners at home, you can play along with this as well. Obviously, Greg, in your what's cars, your guess? Wherever, guess away. Uh, you- I would, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm at, I'm at a hundred percent and then everyone else is probably 75, 75. Okay, 75. They're, they're I, I'm going to go 86. 86. Greg, very good. It's 71.8% of the time. Oh, hey, wow. do you, Mark, Mark, do you ever worry that I worry say the a right lot. answer? <laughs> no, do, do you ever worry that you say the right answer and Lou just defers to my answer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, You're right again. Yeah, yeah. One of those games, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's like the, it's like the oh, opening scene dude. in Ghostbusters. You remember that where he's <laughs> yes. doing the buzzing test yes. with the pretty girl and the student, yeah. and he pretty always buzzes the, right the guy. The and... I'm the pretty girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Pretty good. Yeah, holes are on the old course. That's a 28 hole facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, Greg. You're yeah. correct. I, I'm going to check these numbers after this pod now, Greg said that. That's maybe very suspicious. But that's quite a massive drop, isn't it? It'd be interesting. Massive drop. Yeah. Here's an interesting one then for you to dig out maybe for another episode, Lou. Uh, we could do a pod on the importance of hitting fairway or not. Do you think the drop off would be equivalent in percentage, say, with a scratch handicapper to a tour pro, bearing in mind, I'm guessing that tour pros generally play in chunkier rough than your average stat collector at their local course. So I think of the courses I play, like rough is not really a problem. It's not anything like the tournament courses I go to. Do you reckon that would be a, that would so bigger drop offs, smaller percentage drop offs, Lou? A guess. Bef- I think the correct answer is going to be whatever Greg says. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, <laughs> that's the correct answer. We all come on. I'll let you know. Whatever yeah. you say is yeah. going to be wrong. Uh, but it'd be I, interesting, you know, wouldn't it? They play some chunky courses, but is that just because I'm watching four events with chunky rough? So, and generally they're not that chunky. I don't know. Again, I wouldn't yeah, know the answer. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, an interesting question. But I, I think you will, you will find that you know rough. At the typical tour event is is relatively comparable to rough at a lot of golf courses. Is it okay? In my in my opinion, yeah. In, in my opinion, um, you know, Greg certainly would know better than I would. But uh, you know, Obviously. you play a lot of <laughs> you play a lot of golf courses where they're only cutting the rough twice a week, and they'll cut it to three inches or two and a half inches. And if you get two or three days of growth on rough that was cut at three inches or two and a half inches, it's, you know, by the time it's done growing on that day, it's three and a half near four inch rough. And, and, and I think that's typical at a lot of golf courses. Is it as thick as you'd see on tour? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I put something out about rough on tour. It's one of the things that's available in shot link. And over the, over the years or the last, what, 17 years of shot link, the average rough height on the PGA tour has gone down. Um, and it's it's gotten shorter. Um, I don't I don't know why that is, um, but it's it's gotten a little bit shorter. But the difference between a PGA Tour player in the fairway and the rough is bigger than between a, a an amateur player in the fairway and in the rough. And it's it's not because tour players are are bad from the rough or they're playing in rough that's really challenging. It's they're so good from the fairways, right? Right? They're so good from the fairways, and and I also think what's in play for amateurs as you know our low point control isn't as good as a tour pro, and yeah. so when you get on a tighter fairway lie, it's a little bit tougher to hit a clean shot than it is when the ball, you know, when you, you can play a lot of courses and, and a lot of rough where the ball will be perched up a little bit. And it's a lot easier to control, you know, or not control your low point when the ball's perched up a bit. Yeah. And that's a great point. I could tell you five handicappers, two handicappers, scratch handicappers, nine handicappers who hate re- like the pure fairway lies that you get on some of the best courses I've ever played on that I'm just thinking like that's just perfect it's like a green um you put some you know below 10 handicappers on it and they hate it they want it on a little yeah, bit yeah. Their, Me. yeah they're mm-hmm. they're kind of not cut everyday fairways at home which get a little bit nice like a mat and they love just being able to get it a little bit wrong and hit the top of the club and get the low spin one that does go 90% not through quality of their strike. So yeah, that's a good right. point, Lou. Maybe we could do a video, another pod on that would be quite good. The importance of fairway or rough for amateurs compared to 
legends such as uh, Greg Chalmers, you know? We should do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I just... Oh, I'm making myself... I, I, I'm going to throw up myself here in a minute. <laughs> I love it. So the importance of Strike, hopefully that makes you understand. I'm sure loads of you did already, but if you're not working from Strike outwards when you're practicing, when you're playing, you are doing yourself a bit of a disservice. Um, remember again as well if you've enjoyed the pod don't be afraid to give us a like it helps us out if you give us a like and if you don't want to miss any other episodes give it a little subscribe so you get those notifications and we will be in your uh, inbox every time we upload like I say which is at least once a week and sometimes twice a week thanks for listening good luck with your strikes out there and let us know how you get on <laughs>